pandemonium reigns. Week nine. We went into it thinking it was going to disappoint. Man, it didn't. I told you, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be texting your buddy. Dude, turn on this game right now. You went into this weekend thinking, this is a snoozer. It was everything but. We can uh, recap the weekend like this. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party. They were only serving cocktails, and it wasn't a party. It was just a gathering. Uh, Stanford is better than their record. Uh, you got an upset in Kansas. Georgia Tech beats UNC for the third straight year. Al loses to USC by one. Michael throws three ridiculous opportunities for an upset at us in the previous episode, and they all almost happened. And Dabo Sweeney. Dabo, Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. Welcome to episode 111 of Pandemonium Reigns. I'm Dan. He's Mike. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, spending your time with us, letting us Tickle your ears wherever you may find us at this moment. Listen, man, banger, banger of a weekend, bro, banger. It was, it was, it was absolutely wild at times. Uh, there were games that went as expected, a la uh, Georgia clapping Florida. Uh, you know, running off thirty-seven straight points on Florida. Um, there were games. I, I certainly didn't think when I, I posed that question to you late in the preview episode that all three games would be that close. That was that was just wild. Uh, I actually figured, I think I said it, I figured it would be USC or Miami that would fall uh, if one of the three did. And almost, almost all three did. But North Carolina, like you said, falls again to Georgia Tech. Have you seen the deal with real quick with Georgia Tech winning their even-numbered games? Yes, I have. They are <laughs> such a strange team. And, and, it, and it, like that includes a loss to Bowling Green in an odd week. Yeah. Uh, of note, they do play. I believe it's Clemson. I know it's Georgia in even weeks. So keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I'm rambling wreck. I'm going to go ahead and say that the the Georgia Tech voodoo is at least going to come to an end by week 14. Yeah. And uh, and if it if it's Clemson, let me check real quick. It is Clemson. Uh, it's it's actually Georgia Tech and Virginia this week, but in in the next even week. For Georgia Tech, it is Clemson. So that uh, parlays perfectly into what we want to talk about with one Dabo Sweeney. No kidding. Dabo Sweeney. If you haven't heard, it's not hard to find. Just Google <laughs> search Dabo Sweeney and let your eyes and ears be tickled. Uh, we're not. I'm not going to recap the whole thing, but I did find an article here uh, on the internet very quickly that, that puts it in summary really well. Basically, the the weekend begins by the guest picker of the day on College Game Day referring to NC State as a basketball school and that Clemson's going to get a win. Clemson did not get a win. They caught an L straight to the forehead. So they're now sitting 4-4 four and four, uh, after this loss to NC State. On Monday, they had Tiger Calls, in which Dabo Sweeney uh, is a regular, obviously, participant in, in, in Tiger Calls. So a Clemson fan calls in, and you really can't tell this guy's age, but he basically says this. He says, so, Coach, I'm curious. Why are we paying you $11.5 million to go 4-4? Four and four? Uh, the, the caller asked Sweeney after questioning his, his coaching hires and saying he sensed arrogance since uh, post-2018. Sweeney has since agreed to a new 10-year deal worth $115 million uh, in a contract that was uh, originally signed in 2022. It's going to run through 2031. Anyway, Sweeney responds by saying, you're part of the problem. 
To be honest with you, you, you are a part of the problem. He says this, the appreciation, the expectation is greater than the appreciation. I get what he's saying. And that's the problem. He says, we've won 12, 10 plus win seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So if you want to know why Clemson, or if you want to know why Clemson ain't sniffing national championship for 35 years, we've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Is this a bad year? Yeah, and it's my responsibility. I take 100 100% responsibility, but all this bull crap you're thinking and all these narratives you read, listen man, you can have your opinion all you want and you can apply for the job and good luck to you. Woof. Yeah, right? Right? So, here's my initial thoughts. I agree with everything Dabo said. I agree. I think his argument is valid, and if there's if there's a caller out there that thinks they can do do the job better than he can, go apply for it. Because what he has done at Clemson is remarkable, remarkable. Two championships, national championships in 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 seven years in the playoff era that we might yeah. have, beating some dominant Alabama teams in 2015, uh, a, a really good Alabama team in 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, beating good Ohio State teams to get there. Yeah. So, like, like, if there's any arrogance, I think it's in the fan base, right? I would have to agree. I mean, the, here's the unfortunate thing: is you know what you want, what you want your coach to say if you're in the spot that Clemson's in is no, you're not paying me ten years, hundred fifteen million to win to go four and four through eight games. That's what you want them to say. That's obviously not what Dabo said. The right. thing is, I agree with both parties. I don't have a problem calling out a coach. Uh, I'm really quick to do that. That's my personality. I mean, I was calling out Tim Banks just to peel the, the curtain back. I was calling out Tim Banks in the probably the third quarter of Tennessee's game with Kentucky that they ended up winning uh, just in a different format than they've won all year. But I don't, I don't really have a problem with either party. In fact, Tyler from Spartanburg, Pre, uh, you know, he he before he said all that about the the money and all that, he said, you know, I was overseas serving in I don't know exactly where during the title runs, watching the games that he could watch, and that's the guy that Dabo gave that spill to, which sits very very poorly with me, and uh, a lot of probably a lot of Clemson fans, probably a lot of national fans, think about Dabo's per, per, you know perception. If you're not a Clemson fan, you know, think about think about that. It is in the gutter. Sure. Sure. I I, I think it comes down to this, though. You can think all those things, Debo. You messed up when you said it. A hundred percent. messed up when you said it. And you messed up in the fashion in which you said it in and how you basically lost your cool. You exploded. You have prided yourself on a culture that is positive. Uh, you've sold recruits. You know, we, we've got great community. We have great culture. Coaching staffs love you, yada, yada, yada. And you lose it. You lose it. It's just yeah. not a good look for you. These words are totally different if it's coming from Saban, right? Uh, yeah. It's totally yeah. different. It's totally different if it comes from Kirby Smart. Probably, I would agree. You could even make a case for Josh Heupel. Like, listen, dude, 
if if you wanted to come in and resurrect this program, who was who was trying to get recruits here through McDonald's bags, and and you're <laughs> that we're that we're in the positive win category, come on and do the job yourself, right? But Dabo has prided himself and Clemson on this on this Christian like reputation, and you lost it, dude. You, you, I agree with you, Dabo. I agree with you. I agree with you. But you just don't you, your position. Unfortunately, you just don't get to say that. That's what nope. that's, that's what we're for, right? That's what you and I. Are yeah, for. exactly. And I've you know we've been hard on him. We've been hard on many many others. We're going to continue to do that. It's it's really fun to do that. But you you can't say those things out loud, especially to a fan who is in no form or fashion the problem. Because you know another thing that he said is you know I've been coming to games with my my dad, my grandparents, things like that. He's been going to games for a long time. Yeah. That predates the success of Dabo. He is not part of the problem. He is a loyal Clemson fan yeah. who might be feeling differently about that this week. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You cannot do that. You know, I think someone – I didn't I didn't listen to it, uh, but I was scrolling Twitter the other day, and I think someone found an example of Jeremy Pruitt handling a similar call better yeah, than Dabo yeah, Sweeney. Yeah, which doesn't like, bode well for Dabo. Bodes very poorly. Like the thing is, you're there's already things that you're not doing that you absolutely should be doing. You're not using NIL. You're worried about the name, image, likeness of of God, which is not representative right now of how you're behaving. For one, sure. Uh, you're, but you're not using NIL as it should be to to help and boost your program. You're not taking transfers. You 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 won't take a commitment from a guy if he you know is taking visits after he commits to you. You're being you're being extremely old school. You're probably the most old school attempt approach to all this right now. Well, now what you've done is you've kind of shown your true colors. That ain't going to help you in mama's living room. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I, it's, it's, I, th- I think it goes like this. If it's coming from me, I'm looking at that and saying, dude, you have my grace, like whatever. I'm cool with it. I, I agree with what you said, but unfortunately that's not how college football works. Yep. The media is going to hold you, hold this against you. And this is why I say you're basically not allowed to say what you're thinking. It's, it's not even from me, dude. Like it, it's from the, the national media and how they are going to now spin you and how other coaches are now going to spin you. Oh, you want to go to Clemson? That dude, that dude is double mouth. Like he talks, he talks this one way, but let me, let me show you the way he acts when he, when he gets frustrated. Oh, let me actually show you here. Here's the clip, and they play it for the recruit, right? He's lost it, man. A hundred percent. Right. And, and and your Josh Heupels and, and whoever, your Jeremy Pruitts could even say, let me tell you how I'm going to act like when I lose my cool. I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it all the time, right? I'm not going to yeah. to you somebody that I'm not. And I'm not saying that Dabo is necessarily somebody that is not. I, I don't I don't necessarily think that he's a bad dude. I think he's cringe as all get out. I do think yeah. he's a man of faith. I think he had a bad moment. And I think but my whole point is, in all this is this bad moment is really going to come back to bite him in his rear. Yeah, like you know, I've gone as far this week at least in texting you. I know I've probably done it with others, uh but I don't I don't see a path to bounce back to championship success from this. I mean, if you if you do, you've now basically made it to where you're going to start over almost in order to get back to that point. Because sure, you still got good players, you still got highly ranked recruits on your team. Mm-hmm. You but you're again you unless he changes, which he's he's not showing that he can really do all that well. I mean, think about it. 
think about TCU's offense last year with with the same OC that's in Clemson right now in Young Riley. Yeah. It, it looks like he might be being held back a little bit. I mean, I know that it's possible that Cade Klubnick was overrated. I mean, sure. it, in fact, it would probably be hard to argue that he was overrated at this point. Sure. But you're you're basically making it to where you're going to have to start over at this point if you ever want to get back to playoff success or, or title success. It's not like the ACC, though. Your schedule is going to be the problem because these are teams that you've beat for years and years and years. Yep. FSU, Miami, uh, this it's week, insane. North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to get to turn around now, and you're hosting them. I don't know if it's going to matter. You're going to host Notre Dame. Uh, can you believe that that Clemson is a home favorite in this game after all this drama? I mean, I can't right yeah. now, frankly. Right. Um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you, though, is this pressure that he's obviously feeling because he wouldn't be responding this way. He wouldn't be like last week. I was really hard on him because of the, our, you know, our counts, our team counselors probably on suicide watch, whatever he said about that. Yeah. I was really hard on him about that because I think that's insane to say right now For sure. uh, at any time, really to joke about it or to make a lot of it is insane. Where do you think this pressure is coming from? Is it, is it something that he is projecting onto himself? Do you think that he actually is, Creep. I mean, he can't possibly be creeping into hot seat territory simply based on the record because he is totally correct on the the high, highest level of success that, frankly, he's brought to the program. Yeah, where's the pressure actually coming from? To me, it's got to be all from within. I think it's the the intangible. It's the um, the underlying standard that he has created within Clemson. Uh, Clemson is they used to be known for Clemsoning, right? Wetting the bed right. right in the final minutes. But then they became the, the new Clemsoning was you're going Clemson's going to the playoff. Yeah. They they got a chance to win a title. So what it, it's almost like a Saban virus, right? You you have placed this ridiculous standard upon yourself. Not even intentionally doing so like the fan base has done. Oh, yeah. The fan base has done it to you. Uh, and when you don't meet that, you're a failure. And I think that's exactly what he's saying is you're a part of the problem. Like, so I've done all this and we're having a rough year, but I should be fired. Okay. (laughs) If that's the way you think you come and do it better. You have the success that I've had. You sustain that for as long as I had. And then the the minute you slip up, right, they're they're, going to be all over you. So I think the pressure is just coming from, I'm going to say unrealistic expectations driven by, fans and the general media, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I, I guess part of what it boils down to as well is that he probably should have done a better job to this point of tuning some of that crap out because the reality is for 95% of programs not named Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, you, you know, Clemson to this point, that you're going to have a tough time replacing guys and and maintaining a field roster of NFL guys, of the correct quarterback, the depth at running, you name it, of the depth, you're going to have a tough time doing it. It seems to me, though, that he must have been paying attention through some format. I don't know if he's on social media, if he's reading the newspaper. seems like to me that he's, he's obviously dug too far into it. He's looking at those comments that are against, I mean, obviously some are going to be out of bounds, but fans have every right to question a guy with that contract. I mean, but it looks to me like he's, he's obviously dove too far into it and then he gets one in his face, like a call from Tyler, and 
the self control is just not there from him right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know he's you know he's on social media because he did that whole hickory dot coach when he's on TikTok. Right? So, and, yeah, cringy. Um, yeah, I, I've said what I've said about him. I've said my piece. Um, I do want to end it just by saying this: Clemson, it could be worse. Shane Beamer could be your head coach. Boy, could he! You you still big brother right now. Guy is a used car salesman. I mean, just just wrapped in head coach clothes. I mean, yep. Uh, they took another L straight to the forehead uh, as they lost to uh, Texas A and M. Don't really want to cover that. Uh, I only bring it up to, um, how do I say this nicely? Laugh at you? Ha! We had a listener uh, text us and say, "Hey, man, what's um." What did Shane Beamer do to you guys? <laughs> um, and I would just say to you, Shane Beamer is Butch Jones undercover. Um, and I, I just want to, just for the listeners, and I told him I would do this. Uh, he responds by basically saying, agreed, man. The pregame music is better than the football team. God, they're so bad. They are so they're, bad. And you know They're what? terrible. What's bad? What's worse about it is they're not going to cut ties with Beamer. They're just not going <laughs> to. And you've got people like the the Spurs Up Show who says they need to hold on to Beamer and and rid themselves of the entire coaching staff. I think it starts from the top. I think it starts from the top. I I mean I do think you got some defense coordinator issues, but um, I don't know how you come to terms with holding on to Beamer. I've said this going back to probably before they they did upset Tennessee and South and, and Clemson last year. Probably from the moment that they they let go of of his buddy that was the former uh, offense coordinator in Satterfield, Satter White, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, he had a chance to make a move. Yeah, you could have hired anybody as your offensive coordinator, and you hired a retread. Yeah coach that was the tight ends coach at Arkansas in Dowell Loggins for what just so you could get Trey Knox in the transfer portal the the offense is is a massive problem they've got injuries all over the place I'll, I'll give them that uh I don't think they're much better than 500 if they're a 100% healthy team they can't protect the quarterback that seems to be more of a depth issue than it does an injury issue mm-hmm. I mean you got to you got to have some better options when when you've got Spencer Rattler who can be a mobile guy any anyhow, and and you can't even keep him upright or protected from any angle, inside, outside, you know, you name it, to, to allow him to make plays down the field. Uh, my issue with them is you've got two years now, and I agree with everything you just said. I agree with everything you just said. you got two years now where you've got a freak athlete in the offense and you haven't figured out how to use him. Yeah. And, and, and I think now they might have two. They might have multiple. Is what I'm what I meant to say. There you go. You got so you got. I was thinking Harbor, Nick Harbor, and you got Leggett. If that's probably who you're getting at. Who's- well, and I was gonna I was gonna include Trey Knox in that because they okay. are 100 percent are not getting their return on investment in, with him. Well, and, and look, he he's been an he's been someone that's been banged up as well. I'll give him that. But on the year, he's got 32 receptions for 277 and two touchdowns. I mean, you can do more with, with your with your tight end when they're as dynamic as Trey Knox was. I guarantee you he was either if, – if he was healthy last year, he was on pace for more and or he did a, a, a whole lot more uh, last year. Uh, I stand corrected. Only 296 last year, but he did have five touchdowns. So, I mean, yeah. what's the point? You know, and, and I believe they usually rank fairly well 
uh, and make a little noise when it comes to time to, to rank your transfer class rankings. Mm-hmm. They haven't addressed a single need yet. Right, right. I, 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 my whole point in, in starting this was you had to change an offense coordinator and you have the same problem. So is it is it your offense coordinator? Is it your defense coordinator? Might be somebody else. And I'd also I'd also uh, fire back to you know I like the Spurs up a lot of the things I see from the Spurs up show, but how many times? For one, I've never seen a coach just make wholesale changes along with staff. Uh, for two, if if he does set that precedent, if that's done, you're going to let them know that you get you get a couple years, a couple mistakes, or you're gone. You know that's what you're letting the next guy know. Sure. Uh, who would want to work for that? Exactly, and, and the pro- the program is heading in the wrong direction. For sure, you need to hit the reset button. Yeah, you need to hit the reset button. All right, we're going to dive into some game recaps. Before we do, let me tell you about one of our proud sponsors, Lauren Foster, real estate agent all over the entire state of Georgia, been going strong since 2018. That's five years if you're doing math. Basically, basically is not a word, basically serving the in, uh, the North Georgia area, Lake Lanier, Forsyth, Forsyth County, Hall County, Dawson County. She's a member of the KWC Million Dollar Club, meaning she's done over millions over a million uh, in sales. What that means? That she's really good at either selling your home or getting you into your dream home. Make sure you hit up Lauren Foster. Lauren Foster one at kw.com. Proud sponsor of Pandemonium Reigns. North Carolina, they continue their streak over Georgia Tech. I didn't tell you what kind of streak, a losing streak. Three straight losses to divisional foe. Georgia Tech. Oh, I'm wrong. There's no more divisions. My bad. Maybe the North Carolina Tar Heels thought they were going to get away from Georgia Tech this year with no divisions. No says I, says the rambling wreck. UNC falls 46-42. Listen, dude, you presented three three game potential upsets. And I think this is the one I think this is the one that I chose. I don't remember. It is. It is. This is the one that I chose. You presented Miami or Virginia at Miami. USC Cal and UNC Georgia Tech. Yeah. I think the reason I wanted to go with this one is just because this is what Mac Brown is going to do. He's going to get an elite quarterback under center, and he's going to botch it somehow. I started to think back in his time at Texas. He did this at Texas. Colt McCoy, Texas Tech. They had no business losing that game in 2008. I think that's correct. Uh, my, I wish I had looked into this farther, but did he do this when he had Vince Young at the helm? I know that they won back-to-back Rose Bowls, so probably not. But Vince Young is college football. Vince Young head and shoulders above the baby that Drake May and Colt McCoy would, you know, would have. Um, yeah, this is what he's going to do. Unfortunately, this is what he's going to do. He drops another one to Georgia Tech. Yeah, it's a hundred percent what he's going to do. And it and it just makes no sense. I'm I'm just gonna look their offense. What their North Carolina's offense was North Carolina's offense. They what gets me is they give up 60 more yards than they were able to manage to this Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is climbing out of the worst hole that a program can be in. They are climbing out of they're they're still trying to convert from triple option to any form of a normal offense. They probably still have a surplus of tight ends and fullbacks and running backs all these years later after Paul Johnson's been gone. 
and you give up 635 yards to that team, 348 yards on the ground. I hate for every second, I hate that I said earlier in the year, it looks like North Carolina is wrapping up some of those defensive issues that have held them back, that have cost them games. Man, the target, the 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 laser focuses right at Matt Brown at this point because what an absolute waste. Oh, absolutely. It's it's definitely a waste. And I'm going to take full responsibility for their fall. Uh, I believe it was the very next game that they played after I said North Carolina is a playoff team. <laughs> so I'll take full responsibility for this. So if I tell you, bro, going into this weekend, or if you pre- or if I presented you with the with the three games that you presented me with, USC, Cal, Miami, Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia Tech. But I tell you, I'm going to go ahead and give you stats for one of these games. I'm going to give you stats for the North Carolina game. Drake May is going to go 17 for 25, 310 yards, two touchdowns. He's not going to throw a pick. Amari Hampton is going to have 29 attempts for a buck 53 and two scores. Drake May is also going to rush for almost 60 on 10 carries and have a score himself, and there's going to be another running back who finds the end zone. Carolina is going to hit 42 points. I'm not picking that game for the upset. Not, Absolutely not. Not doing it. Absolutely not. And, and again, that's the whole reason. I mean, I, I watched the, the tail end of this game as, as North Carolina found their way to losing it. Uh, didn't see all of it, you know, here, here's here's the other telling thing. I'm, I'm obviously bashing their defense is what I'm doing. But the way that they did it, they give up 24 points in the second quarter, uh, which put that, – that still left North Carolina up by four at half. Okay? They win the third quarter seven to nothing, and then they give up 22 in the fourth. Mm-hmm. This Georgia Tech team should – I mean, they, listen, we've talked about how weird they are, how they win on even weeks. They couldn't beat Bowling Green. They couldn't beat Boston College. And you managed to give up 46 points in half of the football game. Uh-huh. 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 Can, can I tell you another little voodoo to Georgia Tech here? You, you hear. mentioned that they've only won in even weeks. They only scored points in even quarters. They only scored in the second, and they only scored in the fourth. They scored, I believe, 22 in the second and 24 in the third, if I, I that might be backwards, but I'm 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 pretty sure that's close. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it nonetheless, was nonetheless, yeah. no points in the first and third quarters. I mean, that's so egregious. This should be this should honestly be something that that really Mac Brown may want to coach until he literally can't you know function anymore. I mean, he's getting on up in years. He has done this for a long time. Uh, there are obviously redeeming qualities to him. He's an active coach that's won a title many, many moons ago. You've got to move out of North Carolina's way at this point. And look, they they probably don't have the same roster without Mac Brown. But you're, I mean, this roster is playoff worthy. That's the sad thing about it. That is the really sad thing about it. And and you have flushed it down the drain. This schedule set up so perfectly for a playoff push. I mean, your toughest game. <laughs> You was actually Appalachian State, if you want to look back prior to them losing a game, was was Appalachian State taking them into overtime. But, I mean, you lose to Virginia and Georgia Tech in back-to-back weeks. Two of the bottom feeders of your conference. Not good. Well, Virginia is going to be better, and I think Georgia Tech is obviously on the rise. But <sighs> coming out of the pit that you mentioned is, I think, the most in, in, impressive thing. 
hey, I want to end in this conversation with 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 two with two numbers. Final score was 46-42. Your over-under was 65. Vegas was off. They were they got obliterated in that one. I don't think anybody was caught off guard there. Nonetheless, here's the second stat, and I'll end the segment with this. Georgia Tech gets the victory over North Carolina in front of all 35,900 fans in Atlanta, Bobby Dodd Stadium, the Ramblin' Wreck. Get the win. All right, so that's going to be the only game that we cover, actually. We're going to bring this thing to a close. We've got jobs to get to. Um, Just real quick, again, Virginia almost goes down to Miami, loses in overtime. Uh, Cal, maybe if they don't go for two, take that game into overtime, or obviously if they convert, that is a win over the Trojans. Uh, I'm leading to where I want to go. Again, cocktails only in Jacksonville. We nearly nailed that score. Holy smokes, were we close in that one? And then, yeah, I think the safety, the safety on the on the block punt ruined it for me. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I want to end with this: the upset that took place in Kansas. What is Oklahoma? What do they have Man. to get back into the playoff race? I mean, if it's a twelve team play, twelve team playoff, obviously. You know, it's not a big deal, but they got to win out, right? Have to win out, absolutely. Now you need here's here's the thing: if if let's say, and and it's a whole lot, you know, more clouded than it was after the Red River rivalry, but let's say they rematch in the Big Twelve title game with Texas. Now you you I mean, and obviously you, you can't really lose that game anyway because the committee's shown that they value revenge or avenging your loss. Mm-hmm. But now think about it. You've now forced yourself to beat Texas twice in a year. And with above average, even above average teams, let alone teams with the talent of these two, that it's really, really tough to beat the same team twice. Uh, this is this is the perfect reason why I hate the 12-team playoff. I want you to have to win this game. And look, they've they've not lost to Kansas since 1997 before now. Is that, is that what sound like uh, what you heard? It was a long time. The stat was a long time, yeah. Long time ago, my age was in the single digits at the time. Um, I want you to have to win that game to be title worthy. Frankly, you're not title worthy if you drop that game in college football. It's just not the the level of parity that exists in the NFL is not there. There are not pros scattered fifty three men deep on these rosters. They are not created equally. Uh, and I want you to have to win that game to to be title worthy. So, if there's if you need any more reason to why we shouldn't have a twelve team playoff. There you go. Will we ever have a breakthrough surprise? I, I mean, I doubt it, but it, it certainly won't be this Oklahoma team to me uh, just because of what they're forcing now upon themselves. They, they've they got a pretty light way to end their schedule after Bedlam mm-hmm. uh, because Oklahoma State has certainly turned things around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you're, all you did was pressure pack your potential Big, tel- uh, Big 12 title game. Uh, you could be out of the Big 12 title game if things fall uh, against you, and you perhaps if you lose to Oklahoma State, um, I don't. I don't need much more argument for leaving it at four, bumping it to six. If we got to expand it, you name it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I, I think that makes a great point on why we we have it right at four, while we have it correct at four. There's there's something that just like tickles my fancy uh, with with this game. You want you you want to take a shot at why I love this upset. Let me take a look, see petty, if I can find it. Think about how petty I can be. 
Okay, then I bet I need to look at Dylan Gabriel. Nope. Okay. Um, hmm. Let me look on over, continuing to glance. Flash forward yourself in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years when Oklahoma has been a part of the SEC and people start to Google, you know, the history of Oklahoma and they find out, man, the last time Oklahoma was in the Big 12, they took a big old thumping. Big old L on the forehead to Kansas. You talked about the target that was going to be on on Texas and Oklahoma's back. On Oklahoma and Texas is back, and Kansas hit bullseye on it, man. And think about the the Oklahoma and Kansas fans that live on the border. You know, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you live amongst Kansas fans. If you're a Kansas fan, you live amongst Oklahoma. Like that sweet spot right there on the border. The Kansas fans will forever be able to – because are they going to play again? If they do, it's going to be a really long time. So think about – And it's going to be a letdown for Oklahoma is what it's going to be. Yes, and think about the leverage that Kansas is going to have for a really long time saying, hey, that's cute. Enjoy your conference. Remember what happened the last time we played? I think we got you. We we got you, didn't we? Um, So, yeah, you go and enjoy that Southeastern Conference and take this L with you. Hey, I'm Petty, too. So I love that Dylan Gabriel's stat line was 14 of 19. 171, zero touchdowns, one pick. He did have one, excuse me, he did have three on the ground. But I'm petty too. He had some comments about Josh Hopple when they both left UCF. So, you know, suck on, my friend. There it is. There it is. Well, it was definitely not a snoozer of a weekend. Uh, several things that, uh, that were enjoyable. I'm going to need you to do this again for the preview episode, throw some potential upsets at me because I need it. I need you to put it in my veins. That's going to be all for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We love you. Thank you to our sponsor, Lauren Foster. Appreciate you so much. Podcast is doing well. It's all because of you. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. Tell your daddies and your mamas and your brothers and your cousin that you like to go on dates with. That's weird. It's only in Alabama. We love you guys. I'm Dan. He's Mike. Mike, God bless. Go boss. GBO. Pandemonium reigns. <laughs>